I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. We're on Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am direct to the fifth element, why I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, which is knowledge. It's me and Ben. <laughs> oh, he's got his pen in his hand. We pen pen. Pen pen, chilling. This is digging in the digits. <laughs> We're just not MCs. We're not MCs. We're just not MCs. This is why. This is why. Uh, hopefully, like in the past couple of weeks, I've proved to you guys that I'm not about this life. <laughs> okay? <laughs> just, you know, I try my very hardest and then it just turns out like shit. Okay? Just, just, this is it. This is the level. Okay? Just understand this. <laughs> I ain't got bars. Okay? <laughs> I was, um,. <laughs> I was driving along with Winnie like not that long ago and uh, I started rapping along to something and she's just like, can you please stop? You're not a good rapper. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you just can't rap. It sounds bad. I said, I've been practicing for like 18 years and I'm still bad. She's like, yeah, don't do it, man. It's, it's not good. Get your levels up. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm poor. Get your levels up. Anyway, with <laughs> We'll just move straight straight into the ice that actually can do their work. Yes. Uh, hi, Ben. How's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Uh, it's been an okay week. It looks like my uh, my delivery of groceries just turned up. What time is it? 7.14 a.m. That's good. I get all my d- groceries delivered now. It's, it's fucking great. Just come straight to your door. Um, what I got into this week, lots of music. Charlie will know what my album of the week is. Charlie, how could it not be this? How could it not be this? It was always going to be this. West Side Gun, <laughs> Pray for Paris. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've been this hyped for an album since JLEC. And this was not JLEC. This was not JLEC. This was proper. This, this is incredible. So I'll give a bit of background on West Side Gun. Because I don't think people realize this, okay? He was the first one rapping in the crew, like seriously. He was the first one to convince Benny and Conway to form a group and take rap seriously. He's basically the mind behind their marketing, their aesthetic, their album art, their videos. He's the one who speaks to labels. He's the one who manages a group. He negotiates the deals. West Side Gun is Griselda. I never knew that, but uh, I was really surprised when I learned that. And he was never really super keen to be a rapper. And as Benny, Benny said in an interview, he would prefer to be a fashion designer or an art director. And I think he will at some point. But right now... Clearly. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got the skill set, but right now he's a leader and he has to lead. And Griselda is still grinding and on the come up. And I think this is the third best project to come out of Griselda's camp in their incredibly prolific history. I think Tana Talk 3 and the plugs I met are better, but Pray for Paris could compete with Tana Talk 3. And this is the best I've ever heard West Side Gun rapping. His bars are worthy of any comparison at this point they're incisive they're descriptive they're witty they're intelligent uh you have um i love this one my shooter shot five dudes in a row we yell bingo my nino i love that or like my shooter <laughs> nasal drip flowing heavily ducking my third felony it's just 
I don't know. He's on another level now. He's he's on another level. The production is otherworldly. I read a tweet that said that the album feels like there's genuinely money behind it. I think Maul said that. I think he said that there sounds like there's money behind this now. And whilst every Westside Gun project has had that aesthetic, this time it feels like serious money. Like Alchemist Primo, Tyler the Creator, DJ Muggs have all got production credits. And Westside Gun is like the conductor on this record. He doesn't spit too much or too often, but he's always there. You can always feel his presence and his energy in every bar and every instrumental. I think it felt a bit patchy at times. Uh, towards the end of the record, the production did fall away a little bit. It's not as tight as The Plugs I Met or even Hitler's Wears Hermes 7, but the highest carry this album, man. This is a, a top-tier project, so shout out Westside Gun. Uh, Big Baby Gucci, Teen Spirit, North Carolina rapper, Big Baby Gucci basically personifies the modern SoundCloud rapper, dropping constant product. Gosha, which is on this album, that was the turning point for him. It was produced by this young artist called Fish, and the spaced out universe aesthetic and accompanying visuals really sent Big Baby Gucci down a much more, I guess, spatial path. Like, Teen Spirit has that quality. The hard-hitting instrumentals he was dropping over before are still there, but there's these higher-pitched synths, and they really give his voice something else to blend with, and I was really impressed with his vocal performance. And at times, he sounds like a genuine R&B singer, so I really enjoyed that album. Uh, Blame It On Baby by DaBaby. Um, this is interesting. I feel like it's for some somehow it's become cool to hate on DaBaby, which is a wild turnaround for the... For, for him like eight months ago he was the toast of hip-hop and publications were like praising his grind his hustle his promo the fact he prayed, paid for his own videos and he understood the power of visuals and yes the fact that he beat the fuck out of random people in gucci stores people thought that was great he had a lot of goodwill then the one flow thing seemed to get a groundswell of like hate uh, which isn't even really a slight. There are plenty of artists who don't memes. switch memes, memes, memes. But but you know it's not, what? It's not hate. It's memes, and it? it's just meme culture. Like oh, one, I think flow, it, one flow. I think is I think it's it's gone into like I'm, I'm not fucking with this guy because he only has one flow. I honestly feel like it's kind of switched into that, and I don't really think it's that big of a deal because there are plenty of artists who don't switch up their flow yeah. very often. Like yeah, you know, we're speaking about Griselda. They didn't switch their flow up that much. It's not like young, they're not young thugs. I was, a, beat. Yeah, I was just about to say like, <laughs> like Benny has a similar <laughs> yeah. flow in most of his songs. So yeah, uh, I don't know, but I think also the fact that he hit a woman who was attempting to video him, and all of a sudden he's yeah. just not—he's not cool anymore. But this album is mm. not that bad, man. It—it's uh, he heads in a more melodic di- like direction. And, you know, modern hip-hop is like that. And I think that's where the issues lie for most listeners. Because, yeah, yeah I think people think baby is a spitter and he kind of came up spitting bars. Like, he has the longest XXL freshman cipher in history. Kirk was 91.1% rap and it was the highest first week sales for a true solid rap album in 2019. He isn't a mm. bad singer. The melodic moments are palatable and kind of fun. Drop isn't bad. Rockstar is pretty good. Nasty is actually really good, although Megan the Stallion renegades him on that. Um, I actually like this. I like this album more than Kirk, to be honest. I think he's a decent okay. artist, and I hope he bounces back. But okay. I understand. I understand the criticism. Uh, Johnny Good, Student of the Month. 
This is a wild artist story. So uh, Johnny Good is the bass player for he was he was a world tour on world tours with Lady Gaga, The Weeknd, Iggy Azalea, Miley Cyrus, Wiz Khalifa, Joe Jonas. Uh, he's performed at the Super Bowl halftime show, and he DM'd me yesterday on Instagram, which had me starstruck a little bit because I was like, man, this guy's fucking been on stage at the Super Bowl like that's crazy. Uh, yeah. His album Student of the Month is a really huge breath of fresh air. He's rapping over just standard instrumentals, but there's this genuine Wiz Khalifa vibe and Wiz is on the album. But like early Wiz, early Mac, that genuine Pittsburgh feel. This gave me that Pittsburgh feel. He really captures that on this album. Getting high, having fun, being young, enjoying yourself. And it was just a welcome change from the doom of our current situation. So shout out Johnny Good. Tech Nine, Enter Fear. I respect Tech a lot. I think he has some brilliant music in his back catalogue, but this is no different to any of that music. And that's it. I, I was skipping songs because I'm like, I've heard this song before from you, Tech. Like, I switch it up a bit. Switch up subject matter or something. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. didn't enjoy it. Uh, that was a disappointing one. Shabazz Palaces, A Dawn of Diamond Dreams. I just felt like there was way too much space between solid ideas on this album. It was almost as if they were recording a hip-hop jam session and then they just put it on wax. And when we do get solid ground, like on Fast Learner, the vocals are too generic or they're too low in the mix to make out and I don't even know what they're saying. And mm. Chocolate Souffle came out before the album and people were shitting on it, but I really like it in con- in the context of the album, which is kind of sad because it's not a great song, but it's dynamic and fully realized in comparison to what felt like a lot of sketches on this album. And they have a classic discography. So their last four albums have all been incredible to me. So I hope this is just an anomaly in their discography. Finally, Sex Tape 4 by The Dream. Now, Mm. this is an interesting one because The Dream Love King came out in 2010 when I was 22 years old. And it has one of the greatest three-song stretches on any R&B album in history. I'll put this up against anything. Sex Intelligent, Sex Intelligent Remix, and Yamaha. I listened to Sex Intelligent and I felt very inadequate. I'd been having sex for about seven years, but I was not particularly adept at it. I was pretty solid at oral sex, right? I was a bit of a marathon man, but that was all. And I wondered to myself, will I ever be as sex intelligent as The Dream? Ten years later, The Dream has gotten rid of any notion I had of his sexual intelligence. Sex Tape 4 is like a childish romp of porn-like descriptions and unsubstantiated brags. I'm going to hit you with some of his intellectual sex bars. Okay? She's like, she was like, if you love me, then why you fuck me like you're mad at me? Or you're always open 24 hours, come through, hit that, then we take showers, then a bee smelling like flowers, hit that shit again in the wee hours. Or here's a little something about my ex. She thought she was a super freak. She thought the sex was incredible. Until she met me. Oh, oh, oh. I'd done her around the clock 2011 times a week. Bro, these are just fucking garbage. What are you, 12? It's like he's 12 <laughs> on this album. It's like, oh, I just discovered my dick and porn, and I'm just going to like talk about those two. Th- Shut the fuck up. But the worst, the worst is spiritual. Okay, here I am thinking the dream is going to touch that fourth dimension of existence, which I've experienced, and he might actually redeem himself. 
Not at all. Here he comes. Okay. He says, I think we have something spiritual. I need something from you that you've never been tonight. I need something that's going to last me past midnight. This ain't boyfriend-girlfriend shit, average marriage shit, no Disney princess shit. We way past picket fences. And here he is. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. And now he's going to get into the spiritual side. He says, this, that rich shit, this, that wealth, this, that good health stealth. This as big as it gets. Anybody can have sex, but not everybody can have security. So basically, he's talking about fucking you, but not leaving immediately afterwards. Thank you, Terrius Nash, for the tip. Because that's not spiritual sex. <laughs> that just means you're not a complete fucking douchebag. And it probably has to do with the fact you have eight children. Jesus. So you can't leave afterwards. Because, <laughs> bro... Uh, you can't... Uh, anyway, the beats are mid on this. I felt like this is his worst solo release. It's really sad. I guess he sells his best work. This is a guy who wrote Single Ladies. Okay, and he's talking... He thinks spiritual sex is when you're rich. <coughs> no, man. Just shut the fuck up. Like, this is so disappointing. And I, he's a legend. He's a total legend. But no, nah, man, this was not it at all. I would not recommend you listen to this unless you've just thought about having sex for the first time and you're like, okay, let's see what... I don't know. I don't know. Fuck this album. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Anyway, that's me. What about yourself? I've never seen, I've never heard anyone so analytical about shag music. Like, <laughs> because it's Let important. It Let me break it down for you. Remember this song in 2010? <laughs> Compared to this one. Fucking hell, bro. Unbelievable. Okay. I had to bring receipts. If I'm going to drag someone, I've got to bring receipts. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, so uh, I got into 10 uh, projects this week. Um, I know you... Uh, I want to ask um, uh, what you thought about Ari the Rugged Man's album, just uh, out of oh, yeah. question, because I didn't listen to it this week. I think I can get time, so... It's solid, man. I didn't only listen to it once. Yeah. Um, I didn't go back because it's quite long. Is there filler? Uh, it's really solid. It seemed, it's a long list, isn't it? So. Yeah, I mean... It's it doesn't it doesn't switch up very often. It's not like the most dynamic album, but it's it's okay. solid. You put it on the background, it it just has those nineties vibes. And the the joint with uh, Ghostface and whoever else was on that album is just fucking flames. Um, okay, I think I don't know who else is on that, but yeah, I, I would recommend giving it a spin. But you know, don't expect to be fully engaged the whole time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, so uh, I started off with uh, my boy Poldor um, with his, e- well it's an EP, um, has a, remi- a couple of remixes in the instrument as well, but it's just one track, uh, Blind Eyes featuring Cissé Star, um, solid track, uh, just Poldor's one of my favourite producers, just wanted to throw that out there. Also got a great remix by Phonics as well and also Marcus D, so uh, that's pretty solid. As, an, as EPs go, uh, Buddy and Kent Jam's Jank Tape Volume 1, another volume. Um, I, I mean, I love Buddy, uh, I think more than most. I think I feel like most people are a bit uh, lukewarm on him. Harlan uh, yeah, and Londra is one of my favourite albums in the past few years. I, I, I love that album so much um, in just terms of like West Coast music goes it's, it's right up there to be honest it just keeps to the roots and i really enjoy that but in terms of this uh i, th- I was a bit uh, i don't know it was a bit erratic for me 
Um, I can't really. It was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just, I just really couldn't really. It was boring. Yeah, I just really couldn't get I any. I couldn't it. get my feet like just stuck into it. You know, what I mean, I just kept. It was just. Um, I don't know. It was. It was just a bit. Here, let me just do this, and then here, let me do this. Um, you know, they had like a little rendition of like uh, of their NERD track from Rockstar, and I was just like, okay, right, I see what you're doing. It's interesting. But yeah, most most of the time it was just um, I don't know, it just it just didn't really uh, hit me in any way. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Uh, the baby, blame it on baby. <coughs> um, so the, the, funny enough, the the biggest thing I caught out of this was uh, I had a bit of a eureka moment because uh, once I listened to Nasty, um, which is probably the best track on here. Um, I I suddenly had an epiphany. Well, not an epiphany, but like a just a just a moment of clarity. Um, the reason why Tory Lanes and now the baby have gotten a shanty to do basically her tracks again is because she owns the fucking publishing to her own tracks. So shout out to Ashanti, right? Get your oh. bag, you absolute G. Shout out to Ashanti. I t- I'm telling you, man, oh, she, you cool. you lot sleep on Ashanti. She is. This is a business decision. This is a straight up business decision. Got Tory Lanes and the baby to do to just get her in the booth to do her tracks, stuff that she's done many, 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 many times before, and she gets paid because of it. So keep spinning That's nasty. Fire. Shout out to Ashanti. Um, but yeah, past that, the album's um, yeah. I don't, it's actually the first the baby album I've actually listened to. Um, which probably isn't the be- uh, the best moment to do it, uh, considering how of how people talk about uh, uh, Kirk and uh, Baby on Baby. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was gonna ask you, um, is this better than the other two? But um, clearly, you answered that. So yeah, I, I probably failed on this in this one in terms of listening to it. Uh, this being the first one to listen to, um, I did not rate the singing at all. I'm sorry, like that sad that set was it sad shit or something like that. Oh wow. Oh, that was that was not good to me. Um, <laughs> and also, oh, oh, what was it? What was it? Oh, there was a, there was another one that was just, that just grinded my ears. It was just not it. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm. You know, people talk about the baby. You know, obviously, you know, being that one flow dude. Hey, the first tr- the first few tracks slapped, and you know, I'm here for that. I'm here for the bop kind of stuff. You know, and you know, uh, his visuals are great. So you know, he has he has he has his uses. You know, he's not exactly. It's not like he doesn't have any skills, you know what I mean? He can clearly rap, you know, obviously the content's a bit same-same, but, you know, when he has energy, the beats, some of these beats are clean, you know? But I understand why he's trying to mix it up, but, um, you know, I think in this case, and also the Buddy and Ken Jams uh, uh, in case, you know, the the, the term uh, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, is really what I get out of some IS these days, and the baby has just yeah, ended himself that. as one of those IS because if you just just be just be that master of one thing, you know you have that flow. It's it, you know it's when it's energetic when he has the energy and the in the in the bass is like boom 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 boom, it's fire. Be a master, man. I hate people can't. You gotta stop being a jack of all trades. You know what I mean? Like it's just some people can't do it, and that's fine. I'm sorry, you know, just, just don't have to do it. Get a vocalist in. This is why vocalists exist. Just do it. Just get a vocalist in. Same to you, J. Cole and them. Just get a vocalist. Stop doing it yourself. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, Duke Dumont, uh, Duality. 
Um, this was mm. kind of a, a uh, it was kind of like a fuck it, let me listen kind of uh, kind of uh, decision. Because uh, yeah, I've I've heard of Duke Dumont obviously the past few years. Um, obviously in 2015 he dropped Ocean Drive and that was one like an absolute fire track. Uh, from when that was out. Uh, while I am, I have to critique the fact that he's done a bit of a Joiner Lucas here, and uh, five of the ten tracks are singles. And obviously, Ocean Drive, the aforementioned one, dropped five years ago. Um, you're not going to get that past me. But regardless of that, I gave it a listen. Uh, you know, I didn't listen to the singles past Ocean Drive. Uh, and this is really good. It, it's really good. As, as You know, I'm, I'm not an EDM dude these days anymore. Like, the last one I probably listened to in, in, in that realm it was probably a Ch- Chase and Stace's jungle, uh, drum and bass uh, album from a couple of years ago. I'm not keeping pulse on this kind of stuff, but this is clean. I really enjoyed it. From the first few tracks were a bit of a dud to me, but from uh, but from the fear onwards, it is grandiose. It is just absolutely momentous in places. Oh my days! Like there's a, there's one called Overture, which is just this huge piano led thing, and then it leads into the last track, and it's just that's just super grand. My God, it's a real transportation. I very I really respect it. So uh, shout out to Juju Mon on that. Uh, but st- stop finessing those singles. Uh, all right, Wes. Uh, well, 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 no, oh, I nearly got it. So here's a drop that nobody, nobody. I've I've heard nobody except like one per one like page I follow on Facebook uh, talk about this right. Jungle Brothers, keep it jungle. The fucking Jungle Brothers, bro, have dropped an album in 2020. Mm. I've guessed it's amazing. Uh, the album itself yeah. is, you know, it's 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 hip hop. It's it's just hip hop. It's Jungle Brothers. If you like Jungle Brothers, you're gonna like you're gonna like this album. It's not groundbreaking or anything. It's not exactly their classic stuff. You know, they've just they've just kept it more gen- not not I don't want to say generic, but more traditional hip hop vibes. Very boom bappy. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's very fun. Actually. It's a very fun. Listen, uh, it's very, very bouncy, very energetic. They're very, they, you know, they're fun wordplay and the chemistry's there. So, you know, shout out to jungle brothers for keep it, keeping it moving on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Westside gun pray for Paris. Um, so as you can imagine, I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest fan, <laughs> uh, uh, compared to Ben. Um, I, I get it right. I, I, I get the appeal. Um, and you know, I understand the you know the luxury elements, and you know, I do admire the wordplay coming from Westside Gun, especially in this one in particular. Um, I think previous times I've listened to him, I've just felt a bit flat. I'm just like, is this your guy? Is this your man's? Okay, yes. Um, while I admit there's there is a significant improvement in you know his overall performance, uh, I I still came out of most songs with several features thinking that you know, the features took over. <laughs> um, uh, that's just how, that's just how I, that's just how I saw it once I listened to it. I was just like, I forgot this was West Side Gun's album at some, at some point, you know what I mean? I uh, just, yeah, Benny took over George Bondo for me. Uh, Joey and Tyler were great on 327. Uh, Wale on French Toast. Uh, Rock Marciano on 500 Ounces. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was, it wasn't fair to me. But apart from that, um, you know, overall it's a pretty good album. I, I didn't mind it. Um, the, I think I think the aesthetic is what people find appealing, um, and obviously you find much more of it appealing. 
but I think the aesthetic is, you know, the 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 USP, and with all the wrestling, you know, uh, uh, samples, you know, I, as a previous back in the day wrestling fan, I, I respect that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 I it's I. I don't want to be a wet blanket, but yes, yeah, I. Uh, Redman Three Joints EP. Uh, this dropped a few months ago, but I just uh, it was Redman's birthday the other day, so and yeah, I happy started, birthday, Redman. Yeah, so I I looked I looked up and I was like, oh, we dro- oh, we dropped some stuff. Um, so I'm gonna give it this. Uh, yes, it's solid. It's um, you know. It, it's, it's, I just really Redman's really underrated. Um, we need to talk about that yeah, someday. He like he's really because people talk about meth more than Red. You know? Exactly. Like like, yeah. Meth is one of the greatest rappers of all yeah. time, and people forget mm-hmm. about Redman. Exactly. So yeah, Redman needs his props, and we'll do that someday. But um, yeah, it's 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 just free tracks. Um, as you can imagine, by the name Free Joints, uh, you know, it's, it's just Redman being that comical dude, but he's also got the bars. Um, <laughs> slap the shit out, is a bad funny. Uh, it's just a good decent EP. Uh, Alpha Mist and Emma V Epoch EP. Ah, oh, my boy Alpha Mist is back, and I'm loving it. Uh, so this is basically a re-release of the project they did together. Uh, I think six years ago. Um, just remastered and just a you know just update, I guess, in terms of sound or whatever. Uh, Emma V is a producer. She's a vocalist and also a songwriter as well. And uh, at this point in Alpha Mist's career, from back in the day, he was basically like he obviously has the key game um as you can as you see when he uh, when you listen to him in recent years uh but he was it was mainly like hip-hop beats with with some you know piano keys that's basically what his uh, vibe was and uh emma v just floats on all of these man she floats and it's absolutely outstanding uh so decent half half an hour of just piano led uh hip-hop uh, very smooth and uh, yeah shout out to Emily I need to get into her work right now because it's crazy it's crazy and they also did a, a quicker cover of uh, one of uh, Lauren Vula's uh, songs I think it's like a sem- Sent to the Moon something like that and it's so clean so clean but yeah shout out to them too and uh, oh yeah Mind Us the Beast uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends it's just a random album that I've just clocked uh, solid album uh, just uh, I forgot what he reminds me of. He reminds me of somebody. Uh, it slips my mind, but he is super solid. Um, not many, not not that known. Uh, from from what I've from what I've looked at. Uh, but yeah, very very uh, worthy of a listen. And uh, lastly, the Four Owls, uh, Nocturnal Instinct. Uh, shout out to them for Owls. Obviously, a UK hip hop group. Uh, let me get their names up right quick. Verb T, Flip Tricks, uh, Dat Leaf. Is it Dat Leaf? Uh, Leaf Dog, sorry, uh, Leaf Dog, Flip Tricks, Verb T, and BVA. Um, it's 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 super solid. Like just as a UK hip hop album, it's great. It gives you what exactly what you want. It's 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 literally like you know uh, what it says on the tin kind of albums. Uh, you got um you got Smellington Piff on here, Cool G Raps on here, DJ Premier's on here, aforementioned R A Rugged Man's here, Rock Marciano and Master Killer on here as features. And uh, you know if that if that ain't if that doesn't give you some incentive to give it a listen, I don't know what will. Uh, but as uh, UK hip hop goes, it's super solid. Uh, just beat some bars exactly, just exactly what the doctor ordered. So uh, shout out to the four hours. <sighs> and yes, we shall move swiftly on to our topic of this episode. Uh, obviously, our two parts. Uh, well, part two of three. Of our little outcast uh, combined retrospective, and we are going to explore the solo career of Big Boy. Oh, 
And um, I mean, I I kind of want to preface this as we before we get into this uh, as saying, if you guys don't rate or or don't even recognize Big Boy as a top tier lyricist, um. Stop listening to this podcast right now, because there's no point. There's no point. We're not gonna. We're not gonna like say that. We're not gonna make a case. You know, I, I think the case has already been made. If you don't listen to Outcast and you don't see Big Boy as a top tier lyricist, I don't really know what else we can do for you, honestly. So, um, this is only for the people that acknowledge Big Boy as a top tier lyricist. That's all it has to be. And if you don't, if if you don't even think that, I think you're a bit mad. Bit, bit screw loose if you if you think that, but if you need, if you don't even recognize him as like a top tier lyricist that he is, um, we can't help you. <laughs> we, we we really can't help you. Just go listen to Outcast some more, and pff, I don't, I don't know. If you have a religion, pray praise praise the person uh, above you because uh, you're gonna need it if if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to preface with that, and uh, we'll dive right in with uh, where Ben wants to go. That was actually exactly where I was going to go, first <laughs> up, because oh, firstly, I have to print a retraction because I said last week that Pitchfork had said something about Big Boy not being, I cannot for the life of me find that review. I know that I've read it somewhere, I can't find it anywhere, so maybe they've edited their review, I don't know, but um, I've got to print that retraction, but... The question, the eternal question that people ask is, how can you put Andre 3000 in your top 10 and not Big Boy? Because that question comes up with the follow-up, so where does Big Boy rank for you? And most people look up at the sky or look up at their, look down at their feet and they mumble like Playboy Cardi and they go, um, top 30, top 50, top 70. I've not seen a lot of top 20s with Big Boy inside them. And the question is why? Now... Big Boy would be in my top 50. I like, And when I say top 50, people think that's crazy. But 50 artists, 50 rappers, man, I've listened to thousands. Yeah. Top 50, top 30, that's that's high. This is a, this is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. If you're in the top top 50, he'd probably be around 35 maybe. Um, that's purely subjectivity. I haven't dived, dived back into his lyrics to discover his unique word percentage or rhyme percentage. I've run those numbers and I know that... Uh, he and Andre were on the same level in regards to that technical, like technically speaking. I think the issue is lyrical content. Now, Big Boy is a genuine technician, and at his, as his career has progressed, you could see his ability on any beat. He can find a pocket or a cadence that no other rapper would even attempt, and it's really uncanny. He does it pretty much on every song. And when you place him up against Andre on Outcast Records, you had Big Boy performing the technical acrobatics, and Andre would be spitting the freeform lyricism about topics you'd never even considered before. So Big Boy was always rooted in like genuine hip hopisms, and he was he was the roots of Outcast. He was the roots of that tree that sunk themselves into Atlanta and hip hop and centered the group. And you saw that on the Love Below when Andre was given free reign, pretty much just cast off any hip hop standard and went into outer space, and Big Boy kept the album grounded. But I don't think that Big Boy is as good a lyricist as Andre, and that's not. To, and I think that's where the thing comes in, where people are like, oh, Big Boy is, you know, people don't talk about Big Boy, and then others get upset. It's just Andre 3000 is just something different. But I don't think Big Boy is a bad lyricist at all. I think he's a great lyricist. So I think 
maybe that's why people have that issue. Do you think so? Or like, is there, am I completely out of pocket there? Um, no, simply put, no, not really. I think this is the case, isn't it? I think it's just like, uh, um, if you, if you, if you, obviously people, most people have Andre above him, but that doesn't mean it's just worth a complete wipe, you know what I mean? It's just like, ah, Big Dwayne doesn't exist. (laughs) I think people just go just naturally too far with it. It's like, excuse me, it's just like... I love Andre, uh, and that's it. You just you don't give you no but nobody gives Big Boy like a you know a ladder just to just to hold on to or nothing. It's just like let's just sweep the rug uh, right up from under him like he doesn't exist. It's just a bit silly. Mm. Um, So yeah, I mean, yeah. Putting putting it simply, I think uh, you know I I don't I don't really know where I'd rate him um just off the top of my head i don't i haven't really i don't really go that deep into into my list uh usually just keep it at 10 and you know that's just how it is but uh yeah man he's he's, he's clearly top tier um and especially from his solo work actually i think it really um like you said when it comes to obviously um we'll, we'll get into them obviously but um in just how eclectic they uh sound in uh, every in every uh different facet uh, he is it's so clear that he actually can really do pretty much any beat, and uh, uh, you know he dips he you know he dips his toes into different genres here and there, and we'll get into it when we get into it. And uh, I think that's kind of what I got from this uh, from this past week of listening to his solo stuff. Solo stuff. I just want to you know preface by saying I've I haven't heard uh any of it until this past week obviously in preparation for this episode so you know I, I went in completely fresh um and you know it's not i don't think it's worthy of you know comparison to outcasts and i don't really i didn't really seek to do that when i was listening um i just wanted to see how big boy would you know just present himself i guess um and uh you know i think i think we got some we'll guess we'll we'll have some interesting answers in in terms of asking that question uh, throughout the uh, uh, throughout the episode. Yeah, Big Boy kind of signaled his post outcast intentions pretty quickly, where he was moving way away from you know that's why it, it, you're right it, it's not, it doesn't do to compare to outcast like the mixtape slash album albums that he dropped like in 2005 2006 were got that perp and got perp volume two. And they were presented by a big boy. They actually came out prior to Idlewild even dropping. And they came out under Purple Ribbon, which was originally an outcast label that Big Boy relaunched under his own name in 2005. And he actually said in an interview, basically, Andre is mostly into acting now and didn't want to deal with the label anymore, but I'm still into music and still got a love for it. So the saga continues. And I think this exemplifies Big Boy's post-outcast career. This is a true musical artist, whereas Andre was just an artist who flourished in various forms of media. Big Boy was focused heavily on the music. And Purple Ribbon signed Killer Mike, and those two releases are really freeform. You know, it's like, it's really beautiful because Big Boy was just totally totally released from any pressure to perform. He went 100% back to his core and just created from zero again. And the, the projects are patchy and weird, uh, some parts are mid, some parts are boring, uh, 
but he proved he could still craft anthems like kryptonite is straight fucking fire man that when that first came out back in the day i i adored that janelle monet CeeLo, killer mike bubba sparks sleepy brown are all on this big boy only has one production credit uh but this was a reset button and he pressed that and then he embarked on his solo career and i think that's why you know he doesn't there's there's no no comparison to outcast it's just completely different direction and i think that's why a lot of people never checked it out you know i think a lot of people don't really never really tapped in they listened to solutious left foot and then they kind of just left big boy but he's been dropping product constantly did you ever listen to those those got perp things did you ever listen uh i don't oh no i didn't you know Mm. I didn't, cause I just, I just I just saw as a uh, you know there was a lot of other people, so I, was just, I just didn't really uh, clock it like that. But yeah, if it's worth yeah, if it's worth, if it's worth to listen, for... it's worth listening. I'll give it, I'll give it a go. I mean, it's not bad. I'm more listening for the existential, like to see where Big Boy was at okay. rather than like the music. But then we'll get into Solutions Left Foot because right. I think I think well for the first time in his life he suffered at the hands of a major label. And, you know, this album was delayed by three years. He was signed mm-hmm. to Def Jam and, and they were under Universal and completely in flux after Jay-Z left. And Jay-Z actually underperformed as a label head. And I can say that because I have the statistics. Uh, Jay-Z was, I think, the second least successful label head. Paul Rosenberg was the least by a huge margin. Paul Rosenberg recently start, took over 2018 or 2017. He fucked that label, man. They they did poorly under his stewardship. Uh, but yeah, um, it was an issue with their previous label, Drive, who blocked, repeatedly blocked attempts of Big Boy to have Andre on the album. Right. And Big Boy actually gave a really cavalier interview before the album dropped saying that the three stack songs would be on the album one way or, or another, but they were off. They let, got left off. And Royal Flush, which came out prior to the album, it was meant to be the first single, and it was fucking fire, and Andre had a great verse, just didn't pop up on the album, and that impacted this commercial success of the record. It went number three, but it only sold 62k first week, but it wasn't a lack of quality, man. This was It has a 90 on Metacritic, which is in the top 15 highest hip-hop reviews on the website. Nice. It's universally regarded as a great record, if not a classic. And I think it was a very solid album. It's definitely not on the same level as Speaker Box. There's a little bit of mid on here and some sloppy beats. Uh, you Ain't No DJ with Yellow Wolf is a bit too simple. Hustle Blood is, I think, 10% away from being the anthem that it's trying to be. And that 10% makes all the difference because you you hit that and then you've created the anthem. But if you miss, then it just sounds you know a bit lame, like you're trying to create something that's just not happening uh backup plan was a bit boring but the highs on this album are totally insane like shine blockers is an iconic beat be still with janelle monet is really beautiful and it's a fully realized piece of art it reminds me a lot of at aliens shutterbug is a great first single daddy fat sacks knocks uh turns me on is a groove i think for me the issue was big boys lyrical content which I felt improved after this project. I just felt like it was pretty standard hip-hop fare. You know, it's just typical braggadocio, 
generic storytelling. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying like Big Boy has set a very high standard. So this is not a this is not bad lyrical mid lyrical content in the greatest scheme of hip hop. Mm. Uh, he's still spitting game. It's not bad, but it's just like a bit generic. Like on Shut Up, like he says, it's risky business in the A. And I've been witness to this history ever since the tenth grade. We went from rock and braids to temp fades. I twist my A. It's like like the 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 cadence and the flow, and that's what I said earlier. Like the technique is crazy because if I just read that out then you probably wouldn't be like, man, it's not really it's not really flowing. But if you listen to it, it just sounds fucking fly. It sounds really great. But lyrically, you know, I'm just like, meh, it's just kind of generic. But apart from that, this is a great album, man. This is a really good album, really solid. Oh yeah, no, I I was I was super intri- I was super into this album, just uh the 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 funky elements uh just the whole i guess uh picture painted i just really i just really rated this uh you know mm. shabug i've mentioned this fire just uh uh be still of course you know for your sorrows with george clinton and uh too short was just <laughs> oh it's just exactly what you'd get for Exactly what you think when you think of like, hmm, what would it be if Big Boy had George Clinton and <laughs> Too Short on the track? It's literally exactly what I wanted it to be. It was great, but uh, I I can't really say much apart from what you said to me. Honestly, I just really enjoyed the from uh, from Bad to Front. Obviously, there's a bit of um, is 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 shaky moments in terms of, in terms of song. Um, you know, I'd, I'd follow us was a bit easy to me. Um, I've mentioned you ain't no DJ as me. Um, and also back of plan, like you mentioned, uh, but yeah, you know, overall, it's you know, it's 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 pretty it's pretty solid, and uh, I think something the well, actually, you know what, I'll hold that I'll hold that uh, point for the for the end because uh, I feel like that's kind of just a finishing point. So uh, we can move on to the next album if you like, and uh, move swiftly <laughs> move swiftly on as I live edit my okay. as I live edit myself. Vicious Lies and Dangerous <laughs> Rumors. Uh, do you want to go first? Yes. Yeah, I adore this album. I actually like it more than Salicious Left Foot. I okay. overplayed it when it came out, and I rarely go back to it because I just spun it like 300 times back to back for about four years. The sound is very, very forward-leaning. Like, it's different. You know, it still lives within Atlanta. You know, there's a lot of funk and heavy bass. But there's this insistent quality to it. And, you know, like Apple of My Eye is really urgent. Objectum sexuality has a dubstep cadence mixed in with this southern role. Uh, she hates me is she hates me is the anthem that Hustle Blood tried to be. And that's what I mean. Like you you hit it with Kid Cuddy and uh, man, you nail it. It's just a great song. CPU is fire. Uh, Fantagram were I think Fansgram are one of the only truly unique bands from the last decade and they pop up all over this album and their their contrib- contributions are amazing. Shoes for Running sounded like an updated version of Paper Planes, which I really appreciated. And Gossip with UGK and Big Crit is a fucking slap. Mm. In the A with TI and Luda is a slap. And his lyrical dexterity is just dazzling. I, I felt like this was a step up lyrically. Uh, on the A, uh, sorry, in the A, he dips from 
he has this halting flow and then he just goes to double time effortlessly and every syllable he matched he 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 delivers matches the production he just sounds really smooth over the most random of beats that's maybe that's why i really love this album more because like production wise it just went in a whole different direction and i always knew that big boy was just he flows like honey and put him on anything he's going to sound incredible and I, i liked him actually having some conceptual songs like CPU is him lamenting the uptake of social media and how he felt it's really disconnected us from what truly matters, which is highly ironic to be listening to in 2020. But back in 2012, like the digitization of social contact was a genuine concern for some, and it was clearly a concern for Big Boy. He wrapped the information age, the age of information, but we're still enslaved, and uh, pretend that this life is but a dream, then reality sinks in, the fantasy begins and it never ends. And I I thought that was a great concept. She Hates Me with Kid Cudi is amazing. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just really like this. Raspberries was a great song as well. Um, <laughs> this is like... I really like the way he just says, she tastes like raspberries, I want you to know. As if it was like essential information. Like, you think about it and you're like, okay, that, that is probably is essential information to know that she tastes like raspberries. I don't know, I just... <laughs> Maybe this is just like came at the right time for me when I was going through something or mm. I don't know, but it just fucking hit this album. It really hit and I love it. It's interesting you say all that. Um I feel like now that now that now that you gave that um detail, I feel like I didn't really uh I probably need to listen to this again, admittedly. Because I personally, off off first listen, I was just a bit jarred by it. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, the 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 obviously the sound is you know uniquely different um, uh, compared to obviously Lucius Leffer and previous works. I was just a bit thrown off by it. Um, every time I saw Little Dragon or Fantagram on here, I was just like. Yeah, mm. I, was, I was just, I don't know, I, it just, I just didn't warm up to it, and it just kept coming and coming. I was just like, oh, yeah. They weren't skips for me, you know. I'm, I'm not a skip kind of person. I, I rarely do that unless it's really abhorrent. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I went into it uh, expecting uh, just more, you know. ATL kind of rap, you know what I mean? And you know what what is some of it's there, you know, it's it's clearly there, you know, in the A like you mentioned, uh uh the uh, the the gossip, Yuji came big crin, also she said okay, which is mad funny to listen to. Um <laughs> but yeah, the rest of it I was just um I don't know. It was just, it was just weird to me and like uh you know I I mean the and also like some of the some of the features in terms of like uh, you know she hates me and Kid Cudi and right that feels like a Kid Cudi song to me. Um, the Mama told me with Kelly Rowland mm. it sounds like a Kelly Rowland song to me. Mm. Um, and another and just a complete tangent uh, in terms of just uh, ASAP Rocky. Um, it's so funny to me that uh, you know the past few not the past few years but um, just well in past years I guess. Uh, people were like, oh, ASAP Rocky brought NY rap back when he's basically, he basically based his whole 
cadence on ATL rap. But that's for another day. Just just uh, something I get gleaned uh, from this particular feature uh, via lines. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Just overall, it, it, I don't know. I, feel, I do feel like I need to give it a listen in terms of like listening to the lyrics because I feel like some of that just went over my head because I was just like trying to get my head around the around the sounds that were going across. So I was just like, okay, this is. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like it was just it was like taste testing um i don't know like a board of cheeses and like some of them tasted right some of them tasted a bit you know what i mean so i was just i don't know it just it just threw me off i guess in terms of the whole listening experience i was a bit uh uh, uh yeah i was just a bit i i don't know what the word is i was just a bit i, I was just left a bit disorientated uh most most of the time um, you know, some some of the times it just uh, they they brought me back in, and then it's just and they just kicked me out to something else. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, couldn't really get a foot in. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I personally think um, I probably need to listen to it again. But uh, yeah, that's why I came across uh, just first listen to be honest. Interesting. I I I don't you know that that's not surprising to me. I think probably a lot of people felt that way. A lot of the reviews I read were similar to that. Like, mm. you know this. Why are you doing pop rap and then you go into this and then you go into that? It's like we're getting punched from all these different angles and we don't know where, like what the fuck's going on. What will be very interesting, I want to know how you feel about Big Grams. I'll speak about it first, but like... Oh, I didn't listen to Big Grams. Oh, didn't you? No. Oh, man. That would have been sick to hear what you heard about that. Because like, it's a whole Fantagram because... thing, isn't it? It's a... It's a yeah, yeah. It's a little EP... Honestly, so, after listening to Vicious Eyes, I'm kind of glad I did it, but go off. <laughs> I'll talk about it. Okay. Um, the meeting between Fantagram and Big Boy was by chance. He heard their song, actually, ironically, on an advertisement on his computer, and he shazammed the song and shared it. That's why I did. there were a lot of um, uh, maybe, what's the right word, contradictions on Vicious Lies. I'm kind of like, you found Fantagram via the internet. You wouldn't have even really had this album, and now you're shitting on the internet. I don't know. It just disappointed me a little bit. But they, uh, Big Boy reached out to Fantagram, and they, they worked together on that album. They decided to do a full project together. And, bro, the experimentation on this album is really heavy. It does not sound like Fantagram or Big Boy. It sounds like they've just created something a little bit different and i really love fantagram they came onto the rock scene when i was really looking fruitlessly for something to fill the synth pop void of stuff like the killers and these guys made like passion pit is similar passion pit is similar these guys love huge synths huge maximal music but i did not really like this ep i have to admit i felt the beats were a bit Whilst they were big and different, they were just quite repetitive and rote. It was like Fantagram tried too hard to make hip-hop beats, and that was unnecessary, because Big Boy, we know he can rap over anything. Um, And, you know, when I said it, it doesn't sound like Fantagram or Big Boy, that was a problem for me. I felt like Fantagram tried to make it more, okay, we're now we're going to go a bit more towards Big Boy, but but they can't like they're not organized noise they're not outcasts they're not goody mob it's just never gonna work that way they should have just to me they should have just stuck making whatever the hell they wanted and fell in the sun i felt like they did and that was what the whole project should have been in my view i I thought that was a massive highlight the disappointing thing again was big boy a little bit where 
he doesn't really switch up his lyrical content again in my view it was just kind of standard stories of Atlanta historical snippets of his past and he's come up and I felt like on Vicious Lies he was really starting to move into a more conceptual space and I felt this was the perfect opportunity for him to really embrace that but just fell short a little bit for me in the end and people were really excited about this project when it dropped and then it just kind of dropped off the radar of most people and people don't really speak about it anymore so yeah it's unsurprising that you didn't check it out it's just not it's yeah just I, f- a bit I feel of an like anomaly, you know i feel like you've validated my initial thoughts on most of the songs on because <laughs> that's what i was just like i was like okay i i respect the i respect the eclectic eclecticity eclecticness i forgot i don't know the phrasing but yeah the eclectic way of the but i was just like and the same with little dragon as well obviously they're bit different in terms of sound but yeah it's it's just the disorientation it's just like a big boy on a little dragon track or big boy on a phantogram track i was just like eh i don't know and you know i think he i think he knows about me already when it when i you know when i listen to some works i like to hear that person's sound you know i mean not not if you have this person on the feature it can't be their track, you know, sounds, like I said, it sounded like a Kid Cudi track, it sounded like a Kelly Rowan track or whatever. I, I like it to be, you know, that person. You can make, you know, you can make a concessions, you know, for, for for some people, but, like, to make the whole song just sound like their track and you're just happen to be on it, 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 it puts a bad taste in my mouth and that's even more so, and it just cranks up to 200 when it comes to, like, a phanogram uh, feature in terms of that album but anyway yeah yeah i'll, I'll give that a miss okay. if you don't mind <laughs> we'll, we'll swiftly transition into boomiverse, boomiverse. now yeah. i thought boomiverse was a very interesting title because i felt I like it. big boy title. had been boomiverse. i think he's been orbiting his own solid foundation throughout his solo career without ever moving past or beyond it yeah his lyrical content has always had that no matter how brave he's been with the production. And I felt like that has been where he's experimented with the production. And he always kind of remains within the confines of his aesthetic lyrically. Boomiverse, to me, sounds like him fully embracing that fact. Like he runs back and he grabs organized noise for 50% of the album. Manny Fresh. Uh, there's some newer producers, TM88, DJ Dahi, DJ Khalil, Dr. Luke. I think they kind of satisfy his experimental urges like chocolate is a good example of that i think by this stage it had become clear that big boy is just going to operate within his wheelhouse indefinitely and that lyrical progression on vicious lies didn't really come to fruition and boomiverse to me is just a real solid 7.5 out of 10 you know it's like 8 out of 10 like it's good good project chocolate is fire uh, when they played it on Ballers, it was just fucking massive, man. It just made a lot of sense. Oh, what scene was that? Follow these with Currency, uh, is just heat. I like that. Kill Jill, great. Uh, Jeezy's Energy's great. Order of Operations is really cool, mm. too. I think if Big Boy retired on this album, I'm not saying he's going to, I don't think he will, but I would say he didn't really leave anything on the table. I think he's explored the heights of his artistry, and I don't think during his solo career he ever managed to top or get really close to Speaker Box, not even on Sir Lucius. Mm. So, but I think I think Boomiverse, like, 
Yeah, Big Boy's Big Boy's solo career is like fits and starts. You know, it's like he, he drops a great project in Solutious that gets this huge response, and then he goes a little bit more experimental, and then he goes way experimental and doesn't really work out. So then he runs back. Very interesting solo career. I would love to read an interview with him talking about his motivations behind these albums and, yeah. and where his headspace was, and maybe they're out there and I just haven't haven't like they haven't come into my orbit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. They're, they're, it's very all over the place. You know, Solutious was very tight, but this album, again, is just, again, it's a bit of a bit all over the place. Like, getting Organized Noise for 50% of the album, you would expect him to lock into that sound, but he just doesn't. Like, he has Dr. Luke on here. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's trying to really do, to be honest. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like... I, f- I feel like it, it was a bit more focused in my mind, uh, especially sound-wise, than Vicious Lies, um, but also mm, has, definitely. like you said, that, you know, experimental streak throughout, um, and, and you know, it's the same with Vicious Lies as well, obviously, there was, obviously in that one, there's also, you know, plenty of um, Atlanta, you know, Atlantarisms in there. Um, in terms of features and in terms of just how it how it sounds, but I, I feel like this was just more, 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 just a little bit more focused in terms of that, and uh, I think a little more balanced as a overall listen. Um, I didn't really expect an Adam Levine feature to be half decent, but hey, here we are. <laughs> um, you know, having Gucci Mane and Pimp C is just a you know that's just the hat that's automatic flames like you can't you can't really that can't fail. Uh, him and Snoop Dogg just have effortless. Effortless, effortless, uh, chill, you know, uncle pimp vibes. It's 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 banging. Um, made man, uh, you know, every every time kill, uh, Killer Mike's on with him, like I feel like I feel like Big Boy just kick, kicks up a little, just just a little bit more, just to just to just to just keep Killer Mike on uh, on on uh, on on level ground. But uh, yeah, every time they're on together, I just get a little bit excited to be honest because they're they're just great together and also we killed you as well with Jeezy on that as well and uh yeah do next day with big rube as well that's that was very that was, a, that was a good intro i didn't mind that but yeah and all the all of operations but um yeah I, f- I feel like you know and in the um, the overall point i wanted to get across in terms of like my overall um i guess thoughts about big boys you know relatively uh, like like you said i think we've seen you know what he's been wanting to do. Obviously, you, you mentioned the Def Jam problems, uh, but regardless of, I guess that, um, and I guess excluding that, I feel like we've seen what he's been wanting to do all this time. You know, what I mean, it's not like he's been. Uh, it's not like uh, it's not like Jelek where <laughs> we're like oh, there's always something stopping him from dropping. You know what I mean? But. Um, and 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 artistry as well, but that's for another day. I feel like with Big Boy, we've we've seen what he's been wanting to do, and you know, like we've come like we've said, you know, it's, it's been a bit hit and miss. I think we could say that, um, uh, say that, agree on that. But I feel like the overall thing I come through with uh, Big Boy is that out of all the Atlanta rappers that have come across in the past thirty years, right. I find it very interesting that Big Boy was that person to truly experiment. Because I think, you know, T.I., 
Ti just kept it very down to down to the roots, and that's why Ti is Ti, right? Um, regardless of what we think about, you know, uh, you know Andre and being like, you know, the artist artisan, like free form flow jazz rap kind of going, you know, just just f- making it f- flow like water. Big Boy had some experimental streak in him. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that we need to just, like, really commend. Because we always do for people like Young Thug. We do it for we do it for these people, right? You can name a few others, in, especially in recent times. I, I, I didn't do it for Big Boy until now. Um, you know, when you listen to Outcast music, it's Outcast music. You know, we all know what we're talking about when we say Outcast music. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it dips in all genres... And, you know, and it just goes it goes all over the place in terms of a whole you know body of work but i didn't see big boy as you know that experimental time i thought he was like you know he 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 had the you know the pimp persona uh, you know the obviously the atlanta trap rap you know he can he can obviously do that that's a wheelhouse you know a standard procedure you know he might get get a bit funky in here of course you know you get that from uh, the rooster from speaker box and uh, um, and church as well. You know we we've seen this before, right? I just didn't really, I did I didn't really. Um, what's the word? I didn't. Uh, I guess expect it to be as big of an inspiration for him as uh, as as these albums have taught me. Um, off you know first listen, like this shit is really eclectic as hip-hop goes and you know we a lot of people love to shit on Atlanta in terms of you know just trap sounds the same no 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 hey big boy's right here (laughs) like big boy has some eclectic shit if you really want some like some different vibes big boy's got you um in terms of Atlanta and and you know in deep south in general um so I think that's the one thing I came away from this. And also the fact that he puts on, you know, whenever I see Sleepy Brown on here, whenever I see Killer Mike aforementioned and Janelle Monet, I, I get a bit excited. So having those frequent collaborators as well um, is just uh, is, a, is a big plus for me as well in terms of how Big Boy presents himself. Because, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's rarely you see people have regular collaborators on albums in that fashion. Um and I think Big Boy always just hits the mark on those. Like he always knows when to put Killer Mike on a fucking track. And I'm just like, yes, exactly what I need. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Big Boy, honestly. I've learned a real lot from listening to, to, listening to his solo work. Um, it's just, it, re- it really has uh, given me a newfound respect for him um, from what, you know, I already had. Um, obviously, lyrically, it's always been there. Um, that's like we said, undoubt, undoubted. You can't, you can't say that anymore. Well, you couldn't say that from day dot. <laughs> but in terms of sound, man, he has some imagination, and uh, you know, I can't help but respect that. So, I'm going to posit a slightly different theory. I agree with pretty much everything you said there, and I have a huge respect. And I think you're right about uh, the the. I mean, obviously, there are artists from Atlanta who are doing a lot of experimentation, but they're not really in the mainstream. Right, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we might talk about Young Thug, but we're talking about a specific aesthetic, like that trap kind of genuine hardcore spitting bars and then like going in different directions. And there's a lot, there has to be a lot of respect there for that because I read an interview where they were talking about, Andre 3000 was talking about the, the Outcasts who they did 
2014, I think it was. Right. They did, what, eight months of, um, I think they did 40 dates. And he pretty much said it was about money. You know, he said, like, we need money. And so we're doing this because we're going to make a lot of money off this. So to me, that said, okay, they're not making a huge amount of money behind the scenes or, you know, things aren't as they're not, they're not like balling out. You know, Big Boy doesn't really talk about balling out that much. You know, it's not, he's not rapping about how he's driving down the road in wraiths and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. So mm. that's why I respected Big Boy's move to be very very experimental and to drop whenever he wanted to drop i know that uh vicious uh sorry uh solucious left foot was three years delayed because of label issues but like he didn't just flood the market he didn't just pop up on a billion features you know he was just he was really involved in the art side of the music and he just created what he wanted to create Mm. and i really respect that you know so there's a huge shout out to him for that the thing that i wanted to say the thing that came kind of clear and when you were talking about the guests stealing the show on a lot of his songs he sounds to me like an artist who spent a lot of time in a group creating with someone else and struggled a little bit to have a defined individual creative direction and i think on solucious left foot he tried to recreate speaker box which is a bit of an anomaly when you think about it because speaker box was him and it was just fucking fire you know he created it separately from andre and he just never went back never never hit that high watermark again and i felt like solucious left foot was him trying to recreate that a little bit and then he started to go into the direction he wanted to go which was vicious lies and then big grams and then boomerverse and they you know we can agree that they didn't hit the same you know they just weren't and not not to say that they were bad albums it just wasn't up to that that level of quality And maybe Andre would be the same. You know, we can never say that. We can never say, oh, you know, because there haven't been that many instances apart from Pusha T. And then Pusha T is different, you know, like because Clips did not create as many projects for as long and they weren't as big. And, you know, it's a completely different situation. But there haven't been that many instances where a duo have endured for so long or even a group, and then one artist who is just used to creating within that realm has broken out and then just had an incredible, crazy solo career. And I'm not talking about like NWA breaking up and then Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. I mean, like Outkast were dropping product from what, 94 to 03. That's nine years, 06. I was thinking Beyonce. That's, yeah. <laughs> Beyonce's a great shout, but how many albums did Destiny's Child do together? I mean, they didn't do like six albums together over the course of 13, 12 years. Uh, okay, and yeah, you not with the longevity, as you, as you mentioned, but yeah, okay. Fair that's enough. that's kind of my point. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. it was, it, it's such a long career, and he was so in that, in that, like, microcosm of we're creating together for so long and then broke out on his own, and, you know, we never got it from Andre. We never got that solo album. And so it's really hard to judge Big Boy because I kind of judge him like subjectively I'm like these albums just aren't hitting as heavy as Outkast but then you know what what do we expect we've never seen an artist step out of the shadow of such a huge huge moment and then like become a genuine solo star yeah I can't maybe I'm missing someone but I can't think of anyone like I'm thinking Q-Tip never really did it with a Tribe Called Quest and his Mm. solo stuff Black Thought obviously not so much 
Mm. Um, no one from G Unit. No one from D12. Uh, NWA, obviously, but they only had a couple of albums together and they split it's up. Only one, yeah. It, I mean, they yes, it wasn't like they had like a huge kind of body of work, like twelve years of stuff together. Yeah. So I just maybe Big Boy is real anomaly in that sense, and that's why I'm getting a little bit discombobulated with this because I just I haven't got any frame of reference, yeah. and um, I struggle to divorce his solo stuff from his group stuff. That's the problem. I'm, I'm struggling because I think back to Speaker Box and because it was basically a solo album, and I'm just like, man, that album was fucking heat, and he just didn't. So Lucius Left Foot was close, and then. Yeah, but I mean, I, then again, I really love Vicious Lies, so maybe maybe my point is moot. But yeah, that was just the impression I got. I, I really respect Big Boy. I agree with everything you said. Huge respect for an artist who just fucking experimented and did whatever he wants. And they, they, that should always be respected. Think about this. Always respect these people who have achieved huge success with a certain sound and they've like monetary success, awards, plaudits you know classic albums grammys and then they don't try to recreate it for the rest of their career you have to respect that because it's so tempting to just do the same thing over and over again and get this like look at drake man like we're talking about twisty slide going number one and like the the dude is just trying to to appeal to the lowest common denominator and whilst it's respected the fact that he's got such an incredible track record on the charts it's not respected because he's just He's not really trying. He's not taking a risk. It's not brave. And Big Boy was brave. And so I've, I've got to respect that forever. So shout out, Big Boy. Yes, for sure. All right. Do you want to hop into a line? Have you got one? I have three, technically. Um, they're all happy birthdays. Oh, shit, all right. Um, so it, as of today, um, it's still the 19th of April for me. Uh, happy birthday to Ilmatic. Um Need need yes. we say any more? <laughs> um, also, uh, uh, it's the tenth and well, not happy birthday in this case, but it's, uh, uh, anniversary of uh, the death of Guru. Uh, it's been ten years now yeah. since he died. Um, so shout out to Guru, gifted unlimited rhymes, universal. Ben, we're waiting for that gangstar. <laughs> this is all on episode, Ben, man. by the way. Like, I want this gangstar retrospective. You, you lot need to get on him for that gangstar retrospective. We need to do that. Uh, it's on the back burner, but uh, all right. no pressure, no pressure. And also, happy birthday to one Suge Knight. Um, I actually was, uh, while you were talking during the episode, uh, I forgot when, but it doesn't really matter. But I was, <laughs> I was looking on Twitter. It was like, uh, this is, it was via double XL. It was like, happy birthday, Suge Knight. What's his most iconic moment? <laughs> And someone quote tweeted it going, you kidding me, right? <laughs> and then everyone just answered the question, like, killing a guy. <laughs> it's just so fun. I was just laughing. Like, I was just trying to, like, not laugh on mic, but it was just, it, it was just mad funny for me. It's like, the iconic moment? Hmm. What could it have been? Um, yeah, maybe murdering? Maybe? Maybe? Maybe all the, maybe all the violence? Uh, maybe all that stuff? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, just this is crazy, bro. Part. The responses, the, res- the responses. Uh, one guy wrote, "Killing Park and giving Easy E AIDS." <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why this is funny, but it is. It's just fucking mad. So, what a dumb know, question no, to no, ask. No offense, like, we're not. This most iconic offensive, like. This guy just writes. It's got six hundred and seventy-four likes when he gave Easy AIDS. <laughs> oh, what a dumb question. Oh, bro, 
double XL. Like I'm, I'm getting so fucking annoyed. Like they, mm. they, because I've got I've got notifications on on my phone when specific <laughs> accounts tweet, so I can tweet under them right. because that's a great way to get engagement. Right. So I've got double XL, and I'm just walking in the in the bush with my family yesterday, and just have a nice day and get. Bzz, bzz. <laughs> 17 hours ago and then little and then double xl with their 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 breaking headline news little uzi is tweeting about playboy cardi again read the details here shut the fuck up bro i used to fucking buy double xl it taught me so much about hip-hop and you're you're tweeting out this fucking garbage shit like oh my god seven hours prior to that they did it again Lil Uzi keeps tweeting about Playboy Cardi and no one knows what's going on. And you know what emoji they use? The head exploding emoji. Why is that? Why is your head exploding? It's the simplest shit ever. It's called promotion. Yeah, so, oh, man. So dead. It's, it's so dead. I saw the, uh, I saw in, in XXL uh, terms, I, was, I, was, I looked at their uh, vote for the 10th spot on the freshman list and I was just like... Man, you lot, you lot, you lot sleeping on a lot of people. My days, and there's like there was at least like twenty eyes I've never heard of, and not out, you know. Obviously, I'm not gonna have like the net that they do, but fucking hell, there are some. Even uh, uh, there was like one UK uh, rapper, and it was like Miss Banks, and I was like, Miss Banks has been out for a mad time. You lot are sleeping on that front, but uh, even of that, like you couldn't pick anybody else out like nobody nobody no other UK artists no no okay okay you just look at women you, you're like uh, Stefan Don did it let's throw in Ste- let's make Spanx why not <laughs> yeah for, uh, freshman this is dead to me but um, that was just I've, I, glee- I gleaned from uh, the limited uh, uh, what's the word consumption <laughs> that I have of double uh, XL but here, there we are I think it's dead now. I mean, we did a whole episode on the the freshman list, and the thing that surprised yes, me the most did, about it was yeah, like was the amount of the amount of times they hopped on an artist before they blew up. Like, they, they, I respected them for that. I'm like, holy shit, you guys kind of predicted like ninety percent of these artists would blow up. But then again, I'm like, mm, I feel like social media do, like, does the work artists. for them these days. Like, it's not hard to do that kind of thing now. Like in twenty, like two thousand eight, I'd get it. You know what I mean? But. I'm surprised that Double XL is so much further advanced than the source right now. Like the source is nothing. The source doesn't really exist anymore. No one cares about the source. But Double XL getting like bulk engagement, like 15k likes on one tweet. Like you know they're going crazy on social media, and no one's fucking with the source anymore. It's just very interesting how they've both transitioned. Maybe the source needs to hire me as their social media manager. I'll sort them <laughs> out, man. I'll fucking fix their shit up. Okay. But yeah, anyway, that was interesting. Um, you know what I've been doing? I've been uh, re-listening to old Digging in the Digits episodes. Hey, that's been. Uh, we did have our anniversary. You posted up ago, about. So. Yeah, you, you posted that up. So I and you posted up that it was the everyone's a critic, uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. And the thing, uh, I was like listening to my vocals, man. I was so boring. I was I was doing this thing, <laughs> where like about you know five years ago I spoke completely differently because in Australia we have a very harsh accent. And I grew up around, like, men from Western Sydney, and we spoke in a specific way. And it was, it was like, uh, I guess what you would call scouse, like the equivalent of that. Like, it was pretty lowbrow. And so I worked really hard because I'm like, I can't talk like this for the rest of my life. You know, if I want to have a podcast, if I want to do anything in anything, I need to change. 
So I was working on like putting a lot more bass in my voice, but I was do- I was researching a lot about ASMR and like uh, vocal tones and shit like that. Listening back to those podcasts, what a fucking douche I sounded like. I sound like such a fucking loser. <laughs> hey guys, this is Ben from Digging in the Digits. Like, hey, it's really nice to talk to you today. It's like I was I was like Ben. Can you please put some fucking energy into your voice? You sound like you're fucking dead, bro. It was so lame. I can't listen to that shit. I was like, oh, man. And then I would just ramble about shit for like 20 minutes. And then I would I'd just listen back to it. I'm like, I'm saying the same thing over and over again for 10 minutes. And then finally Charlie gets to talk. And then Charlie makes so much. I was like, oh, man. So I'm glad that I have... I've glowed up since then because that was they. <laughs> the, the episodes are great. We have great discussion on there, but I am. I I took a while to warm up. Like it took me a while to get into. Yeah, this. No, you 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 have caught up um, significantly. I can I can say I can say that as the uh, you know as a co-producer on here. I think you've you know, in terms of just uh, flow, I guess um, it's much more concise. Um, so yeah, you know, so this is all, this is all for growth. And uh, you know, so, always learning something new and uh, always improving. So uh, you know, as, as long as we're doing that, we can't go wrong. So, thousand percent <coughs> agree. And on that coffee note, um, you're right there. You got, <laughs> got you, you, you safe? Shut up. <laughs> just fuck off. <laughs> no. Now, can I ask? Can I just ask a question? Like, what is it like over there? Because it's it's pretty it's pretty chill over here now. Like we're doing okay. Like, is it really as bad as the news well, is saying? Well, like... funny enough, um, the government has recently been outed as, uh, they basically slept, they basically slept on it for the past, uh, for 30 days before the lockdown. Uh, they didn't even want to do lockdown, which is, well, I could have guessed that to be honest. Um, and also Boris has met, has missed, uh, five Cobra meetings, which is basically like an emergency meeting with all the key personnel, um and yeah so they they've basically been outed today and uh that's pretty much it and you know i, I feel like i feel like the country as a whole is teetering between like complete pessimism and trying to be patriotic um and i feel like i saw a tweet recently um because every thursday at 8 p.m we all go out the house and clap for the nhs and all the key workers um, I do that enough since my mum's a key worker, so, you know, um, but I, f- I feel like it's all an empty gesture, you know what I mean? I-, I feel like we lead the country in empty gestures, um, you know, we do the clapping stuff, but then people come out of hot, people come out of like, you know, several places and everyone's like close to each other, um, or, uh, there was one where like a boat was doing like donuts across the Thames, I was like, what kind of what kind of meaningless bollocks is this so yeah i i feel like i feel i feel, I feel like i need to do like a just a, like a quick um get out all my thoughts what's good episodes to be honest because like um that's just half of it for me honestly like i, I have so many thoughts on how all of this is going uh but yeah it's 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 it's, it's I'm, I'm just doing me you know what i mean i i stay inside I walk the dog, and then I stay inside some more, so I can't really, um, I'm just doing my bit, you know, I linked up with the boys recently, um, you know, yesterday on, in terms of, uh, video chat, and, you know, they're all doing fine, and a couple of them got haircuts, because they're idiots, um, but, you know, it's, 
everyone's in the same boat, you know, same same as everywhere else in the world. So um, I don't I don't really have <laughs> much else, I guess, in terms of that. But I was trying to end the show. <laughs> no, no, I was just curious because yeah, like we don't really get <clears throat> overseas news anymore because Australia is for some reason dodged it i don't know how like our our federal government are just idiots but they just saw what new zealand did and they just did the they, it was like they were copying off their test and they just did the exact same thing new zealand did and new i mean zealand that's did kind the of right the point isn't it like in terms minister. of that i wish we were doing what south korea were doing if i'm gonna be real so you know i don't really care about copying yeah but i, th- I think some people were copying america's <laughs> tests america america got a zero Shit, man. <laughs> so there's a few there's a few zeros Shit, going man. around right Them now in brazil man Downhill. Yeah, New Zealand was sitting right next to us in the in the test room, and we were just we couldn't see America's papers, so we're like, "Oh, what's New Zealand doing?" So, um, <laughs> no, I was just curious. I'm just curious. So, shout out to anyone if they're going through it. Um, yeah, stay safe, man. Stay safe for sure. And on that note, we shall leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Ding and Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, part three. Uh, doing Andre three thousand next week. But until then, I've been Charlie Taylor, the fifth element. I've been Mankato of Hip Hop Numbers. See you next time. But uh, hope you have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is Peace and Video Games by Bonus Points. Thanks to Chill Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>